Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. In the beginning, there were definitely some things about like, you know, this is my mom's house and not your house, which was hard to like reconcile. Mm. But, you know, that was like understandable. But a couple of weeks ago, he was just like, we were in the car and he was like, Carson, you make me sick. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) And I think like immediately after he said it, it was like, I could tell that he was kind of testing. Like, I think he tests Mm -hmm. things out on me. And like, I'm lucky that like, we kind of have a relationship where I'm like, we talk about things. Like I try not to like always treat him like a five-year-old when it comes to like his emotions, because I want to help him name those things. But he was just like, yeah, I just don't know why I said that. And I was like, okay, well, mm. that's good. Because if you don't know why you said that, at least you're not saying like, yes, no, I really believe that you make me sick. Because immediately totally. he was like, no, you, we have a lot of fun together. I really love you. You're my friend, like all of that. But those are the types of things where you like your head just like your jaw drops to the ground and you're like, have you did somebody else say that about me? Like you start to get really self-conscious, like especially in this parenting role. You are listening to the Dope Black Moms podcast. I'm delighted to welcome Carson Daly to the podcast. Carson is a crypto culture pioneer, brand builder and artist. But today we just wanted to focus on your other life calling, your role as a stepmother. So welcome, Carson. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. So nice to meet you. So happy to be here. Yes, you you do so much. Like I just mentioned, the the crypto culture, the brand builder and an artist, but really it's it's step mothering, step parenting, and just that role I wanted to focus on today. So do you mind just taking us back to the start of your step parenting journey? What was happening in your life? Um, kind of what were your aspirations? And yeah, can you just tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I was... 26 at the time um i had just moved to los angeles this was like my lifelong dream since i was probably nine years old i had an aunt and some cousins that lived in la and i'm originally from vermont in the east on the east coast for people who don't know it's like the second smallest state it's tiny it's cold um it's green (laughs) but I my dream was like always to move to LA and do something I like remember when I was 12 years old I wrote my mom like a pitch letter as to why I would like attend Pepperdine University in Malibu mostly because I saw it as the (laughs) set of the show Zoe 101 but um anyways yeah yeah fast forward fast forward I was working at a startup in Burlington, Vermont. I had been there for three years. I was um, the first and youngest female executive on the leadership team. Um, I was like having a great time, but I really felt like I had hit my ceiling there. And I kind of wondered with it being like my first kind of career and my first journey onto my career, I wondered if 
you know, there was something more out there for me and if it were time to spread my wings and do it myself. So I moved to LA and I started my own company, mostly in the web three and crypto space where I was working with brands and artists and companies to help them launch their, their entry or their kind of product plan into the web three and crypto space. And I was loving it. I was having a great time. I was about six months into that journey of like independent woman living out my dream when I happened to see some artwork on Twitter by an artist who I would then uh, fall in love with. <laughs> and as it turns out, I should do. Yes, as you do. Um, my story being very lucky that, you know, instead of just having like a parasocial relationship with an artist or with a man through his artwork, um, we started to talk and he, you know, luckily fell in love with me back. Um, where it got a little oh. bit tricky <laughs> where it got a little bit tricky was that he lived in the UK, um, outside of London, and I, of course, as I mentioned, was in LA. And he had a son who at the time had just turned three. And it became very clear to me that like, I could not, you know, live my life without this man and realizing that, you know, of course, this man could not or I could not ask to live his life without his son. At that that moment, was there any fear, any debate, any... Oh my God, loads of fear. I mean, three-year-olds a lot, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I had only ever been like an older sister or a cool aunt. And I was like, okay, this is, I'm coming into a lot here. Like I have to figure out the dynamic of my relationship, which until this point had only been long distance, which, you know, we, before I moved to England, we had spent like 14 total days together so like a lot of our in-person relationship was very much like vacation mode and then also navigating relationships you know between him and his ex-partner co-parenting and between him and his son getting used to their relationship you know being independent of my stepmom's mom my stepson's mom sorry and yeah it was I was very scared (laughs) but you know, I just kind of had to jump with no parachute and hope that he was a lovely boy and that it was going to be, <laughs> you know, a good situation. And I got really lucky. Mm, well done. Well done for just taking that all in and being so brave. Because thank you. You know that that could put a lot of people off, and it yeah. maybe not be something that people want to admit or talk about. But it, you know that that could have been when you realized where you were at and and the package deal that could have been an about turn for some people, couldn't it? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I feel really fortunate. I think, you know, my own experience, my parents both have been remarried. So I've had step siblings, I've been a stepdaughter, I've had stepmoms and stepdads. And, you know, I think in my own relationship with my dad and my stepmom, I think that was a big kind of moment for me of thinking about like, what do I want this relationship to look like? And that is like both Mm -hmm. a positive and a negative because my dad passed away a couple Mm -hmm. years ago and I became estranged from my stepmom. Thank you. And it was just really hard, but in it, so I was really scared because I don't think I had like a, a role model necessarily to look up to, but I think I knew a lot of things that I wish had been different in my life growing up and in Mm -hmm. my relationship with my stepmom. 
and I was able to mm. kind of use, I think I saw it as a chance to like almost like rewire and reprogram, rewrite my own history and my own experience. Because you've had experience with step parents before. What do you think the general understanding of step parents is? And what was it for you before becoming one? Oh, it's difficult because, you know, I think like this is a societal um, thing as well, because I've, I've read some books and like I've seen some studies that culturally like stepfathers are a lot easier for children to accept and for families to accept mm. because of this because of this like patriarchal society that we live in where like a father figure or a man is seen as like bringing in more income and like bringing in more fun and like maybe like having mm. this different like non-threatening um kind of like presentation into your life or like introduction into your life or like stepmothering stepmom yeah yes is like my dad's wife it's like a threat to mom a threat to the time with dad a threat to kind of the so that allegiance between yeah the, the allegiance of what mom is and that that bond you mean exactly exactly and it's something that I've definitely like I think I've experienced in like indirect kind of in nuanced ways where like I'm pretty intuitive and like sensitive and emotional to a fault and I think I can sense sometimes when my stepson is struggling to kind of like like fuse together the like make coherent this idea that like I can love my mom and love me my this woman yes. my stepmom my dad's new partner without those loves being like a threat to each other or without being disloyal to my mom. And that, yeah, it's, it is. That, that's really tricky for an adult to manage, let alone a three-year-old. Can exactly. I just ask, mm -hmm. with your three-year-old son, were there any, because I've got a five-year-old and a seven-year-old, um, and my kids come out with wild, wild statements um just yes. in general just like picking uh -huh. things out of the head and then just say some were there any things that your anything that your son said that you just kind of threw you didn't know how to tackle um just just any maybe innocent statements that just kind of came out very definitely definitely yeah so my stepson is now five so it, like almost and you tell me if this is your experience but like I think things get even more crazy and wild it's like the older he gets because <laughs> he's like consuming yes. so so much media and sometimes you don't know if they're saying something that they heard at another parent at the other parent's house or if they're saying something that they heard online or not online but like in media on a tv show in a program or something and like you know one totally. i just remember a couple of times like one two examples stick out is like we live in the house that he and that you know his family unit used to live in together so i think that in the beginning there were definitely some things about like you know this is my mom's house and not your house which was hard to like reconcile mm. but you know, that was like understandable. But a couple of weeks ago, he was just like, we were in the car and he was like, Carson, you make me sick. And I was like, oh my God. Aww. And I think like immediately after he said it, he was like, I could tell that he was kind of testing. Like, I think he tests mm -hmm. things out on me. And like, I'm lucky that like, we kind of have a relationship where I'm like, we talk about things. Like I, try not to like always treat him like a five-year-old when it comes to like his emotions because I want to help him name those things 
but he was just like, yeah, I just don't know why I said that. And I was like, okay, well, mm. that's good. Because if you don't know why you said that, at least you're not saying like, yes, no, I really believe that you make me sick. Because immediately totally. he was like, no, you, we have a lot of fun together. I really love you. You're my friend, like all of that. But those are the types of things where you like your head, just like your jaw drops to the ground. And you're like, have you did somebody else say that about me? Like you start to get really self-conscious, like especially in this parenting role. Totally. I think there's things that maybe the other parent has said, because I'm mm. separated, so I have that fear as well. Yeah, things that maybe you've just overheard in another space, mm. things that you've mm. maybe taken from the internet or the web, and then just mm. a three-year-old understanding of things. Yeah. And then you've exactly. made that the reality. And you kind of, and as the parent, you're not quite sure where it's even coming from sometimes, this language. Um, yeah. What does your son call you? He calls me Carson. He also calls me Carsey baby because that's what, <laughs> that's what my partner calls me. Like he's really like my, we have like a very loving and like affectionate home. And like my partner, a lot of times will like call me gorgeous girl. And like a couple of days later, I'll hear my stepson call me gorgeous girl. And like even my, Aww. my, my little sister, she's 20. I say little sister, but she's like sh an adult. Don't know if she acts like one, but she is an adult, but we have always called each other sissy and since she's left he is sometimes now calling me sissy like we're like saying it because i think he recognizes that as like less of a sister Time of thing. Endearment. yeah exactly Got so you. it's really sweet yeah but we we have like a good like a lot of good nicknames that swirl around the house okay and how long did it take you to or or do you feel comfortable with the term stepmom? And do you feel comfortable with the term mother? Like it, it feels like you've kind of become a mother overnight. You know, just have this young human, this young being in your life um, and the kind of responsibility that you hold as an adult in this child's life. That is just it, is that it, it wasn't until I really started to understand the responsibility. Like, I think when I came into it, I had this, you know, this idea of like, well, I'm, I'm cool and I'm fun and I connect with kids. Like I'm always the crazy lady who's like making faces and laughing at babies, like in a grocery store. Like I can like make a baby best friend, like within seconds, <laughs> like, you know, befriend all the little kids at the, at the birthday parties and whatever. But um, it, it wasn't until I realized like, oh, I like have a responsibility here. Like it's my responsibility to keep this child safe and to make sure his needs are met and to make sure that like he feels secure and grounded and in turn to make sure my partner feels secure and grounded. And it's something, a title that I feel like I've earned, like I'm, I'm continuing to earn. And our situation, it was a bit tricky because I had to leave the UK after six months to wait for my visa because I'm American, as I've mentioned. So I think in the time that I was gone, those two months, it took two months to get my visa. You know, I, I FaceTimed with, with my family regularly. So I spoke to him, but it was a lot for a child to process. It's a long time for a child, yeah. Exactly. And I think our trust, like the trust that we had spent those six months building was severely compromised like on his end mm. and it took us like quite a couple months to get back into like a real groove together and I think he still has that fear like 
you know, my partner and I are going to America in a couple weeks. And, you know, unfortunately this trip, we can't bring my stepson, but he is still kind of sensing like that he remembers what happened last time and needs like reassurance that, you know, we're coming back and that he's going to come next time and all of that. So yeah, that was, it, it is a title that I still am like feeling co- more comfortable earning and stepping into and like getting my bearings every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and I think, I think we all feel that, mm. you know, as, as mothers and as parents, just earning that trust, earning, earning. Yeah. I think it is the trust and, and the, the responsibility, just understanding the full weight of it. And, you know, none of us know if that's landed or not moments where I'm like I know my children will be in therapy for this I'm okay with it like do you know what I mean like I know I know this is gonna happen like I get it and you and you should be but like you kind of you know none of us ever know however you've become a parent um but the evil stepmother the step monster stereotype does do you do you feel does that still exist is that still um yeah yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it does. I mean, it's hard. That is another thing that is like difficult to reconcile because, you know, I, in my experience, like, so my dad and my stepmother met when I was 10 and my dad passed away when I was 25. So 25 or 24. So I had my stepmother in my life longer than I didn't. And, you know, one thing was like, she had a very passive role in my life. Like, um, publicly. And when I say publicly, I mean, like, in, in, in front of the household. So like, when I was there, and my dad was there, and she was there, it felt like she was very passive. But then, as I got older, I got this sense that like, she was saying things behind the scenes behind closed doors, you know, advising my dad as a partner does. And I can recognize now that that's, you know, what partners do. That's okay. But at a young age, like I remember feeling really resentful because I was like, at a certain point I was like, why doesn't she just participate in this? Like, and I, I understand why, because she, you know, didn't want to overstep or whatever, but I felt a bit of betrayal from my dad because we would agree on something, have a conversation, make an agreement. And then the next morning that would be like all dismantled because obviously he's had a conversation with her that she, and she didn't agree with it. And that created this like evil stepmother idea in my mind where I was like, I'm losing my dad. Like there's not space for me in my dad's relationship when really like I wanted there to be space for her in my relationship with my dad. And I think that that is still like very true. Like it's, it it is hard to reconcile like a lot of the feelings, a lot of the stigmas, a lot of you know, the everyday, like, uh, almost like little like microaggressions of like, am Mm -hmm. I, am I a parent? Am I not like, where is my place? Where, what do I do here? Like, how do I not, what do I take personally? And what do I let go of? And for me, like that is constantly like trying to figure out what my place is and also how to like hold my ground and like hold space for myself so that everybody's boundaries are respected like mine oh, my it's such a juggle guess. isn't it it really it, it's it's such a juggle yeah and um again i i feel feel some of this um as a separated co-parent and then some of this generally just as a as a as an elder speaking to young people you know trying to just hear their 
hear their feelings without just adulting over everything, you know? So um, yeah. that, that's, that's really tough. That's tough to, um, tough to manage. And then all, all, all of this is difficult when, you know, you're at the end of your long week, for instance, or just, you know, you're a bit stressed or just anything. But totally. This is tough. Yeah. Especially like when you went from, you know, cause I was, like I said, I was 26 when I met my partner. I was 27 when I moved over here. And like for, for, you know, up until that point, like I, I always tell people like I was, I didn't realize it, but like I was the most selfish probably person walking earth. Like I never had <laughs> to really consider anything. To compromise. Think, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I think there's there, I have to assume and imagine that there is some, um, like, you know, during pregnancy, it almost becomes like a buffer of like, because you've given your body, right? Like you've given your body as a vessel to like bring this human into the world. So you do have to like, you know, there's so many things you can't do while you're pregnant and you have to take care of yourself because taking care of yourself means taking care of your baby that you're growing inside of you. And like, there's no, in my experience and what I went through, there was no buffer period. So it was like, going totally. like turning the knob. Stuff. Yeah. exactly like turning the knob all the way one way when it was completely the other way was like you know realizing like well you can't just wake up at 10 30 in the morning like you can't just you know have, have as many glasses of wine as you want it like you have to be like I think that part has always been like the the selfless like learning how to be selfless or like how to compromise how to like how to give up pieces of yourself without losing yourself and feeling yes. that and experiencing it in real time instead of like kind of having these moments of like you know slow like a slow burn into it and doing it in phases you know mm -hmm. there is nothing like having a child to to show you that compromise to really really <laughs> show you um the selflessness that's needed Totally. Yeah. It just whacks you in the face, doesn't it? Constantly, yeah. daily, especially with young children when the needs are so high. Yeah, and um, yeah, totally, totally get that. So with all of this and um, everything else you do and you hold, how or any advice or how did you find like moments of grace for yourself? Because this is this is this is new for all of us, right? Parenting, we are all learning it on the ground. But as you stepped into as a step parent, how did you allow yourself moments of grace, or was that really difficult? Did you just find yourself beating yourself up? Oh my god! I think there's a lot of there was a lot of like it was like maybe ninety eight percent beating myself up and like two percent grace mm. for a long time. But you know, I think now like it. it in my life before I think I met my partner, my motto was like, ask for forgiveness, not permission. And like, now I think my motto is like, ask for permission and forgiveness, like early and often, <laughs> like, when in mm -hmm. doubt, just like, kind of, you know, always like, I think that is to say, like, opening up, like, the more I open up, and like, the more I like, open up to my partner, to my stepson, to myself, the more grace I think I let in. And the more flexible I allow myself to be, the more forgiving I allow myself to be. And like, all of that kind of starts to happen. I think it's a lot of personal, like a lot of dealing with personal issues. And I'm very lucky because my stepson is probably doing like the most therapy on me. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> like, 
like he is like the the single most like a highly effective like therapizing I've experienced yes. because I like okay this is like whatever is happening between us is like hurting something else in me that he didn't cause that he's not responsible for and like that I need to deal with so that I can like show up better for him and for totally. someday like for totally. someday my own you know biological child that comes along so yeah totally. I, I I do think children have the most amazing ability to show you yourself daily Definitely. like I don't think I don't think anything any other experience just them being around a child can can do that for you it can bring up the good and the bad can't it so constantly true. so true um so any advice or anything you wish you'd known um, just parenting within a blended family? So there's one thing, obviously, being a step-parent. Um, there's another thing, parenting and step-parenting um, within a blended family. So any advice for kind of navigating that? Any advice for mothers, parents listening who are entering this space? Anything you'd wish you'd known maybe? before starting out or anything that you've really learned as you've as you've as you've grown it and it's worked for your blended family unit yeah I think like if I could give myself advice like if I could go back in time and have have given myself advice it's like I think it would be to spend some time observing like there's this <clears throat> there's this like uh, this like intrinsic kind of reaction it like almost feels primal whether it is like primal from like a woman perspective or like from a relationship perspective like from I love this man and I want to tell them or like I'm a woman and I feel like inclined to tell to participate in this way but like there's this intrinsic kind of desire to voice your opinion or like to give feedback or try to help in situations where you might not need to help or it might not be right for you to help right away. Where like, I, I only say that because like, I think of a couple of like, you know, early arguments or like disagreements that, that came from a good place like maybe that started that were completely my fault because I wanted to like jump in and provide perspective or give feedback or advice in a place where I really should have just been observing and like listening to my partner and supporting him because he's you know this is a new dynamic for him as well so I think like mm. ob observing is really important because then you know kind of what are your non-negotiables or like what are your your really strong positions that you feel like you know you want to contribute to and you want to help participate in and be a part of and like if yeah. every, everything is important to you like it, then nothing is effectively important to you <laughs> so, yeah like, you're, you're so right because if, if this was an adult first adult relationship mm -hmm. when you were dating and in the beginning of your relationship you would have worked all of that out yes as in yes. but the hard no's the do's the don'ts how you communicate verbally non-verbally all of that would have been happening mm -hmm. whilst you were dating so yeah. it's almost any kind of learning and observing as you go so it's yes. kind of doing that in the family unit in your position as step parent definitely and that's not to say like you know do not definitely never like neglect or try to silence your own voice or like something that feels mm -hmm. really important to you but like 
there is this, like I said, this like kind of primal desire, wherever it comes from to like want to help and want and even if it comes from a good place, and even if it is well meaning, it might not always be helpful. <laughs> like, especially mm-hmm. like in the heat of the moment or in a given situation, like, I do wish that I had done or I wish somebody had told me to like do more observing and like get my bearings and then fully understand because I think some things that maybe bothered me and not even bothered me, but maybe they were just triggering for me, like whether it was from a place of insecurity or a place of hurt or past trauma or whatever, things that triggered me then like I've come to like desensitize and reprogram and see as like, oh, this is actually like totally normal. And if I had just like spent Mm. some time observing that in the beginning before reacting to it, I might have like saved myself and my partner like a lot of, you know, drama. (laughs) Yeah. So I was just going to say what would be the one word or one sentence that you'd share to anybody stepping into this role, but but would it be just spend some time observing? Yeah, definitely. Just, you know, it's, it is new for everybody. Like I think everyone, it's an adjustment for everybody and it can feel really isolating and alienating and it can feel lonely even at times, but you just kind of have to remember that like all, you know, in this case, three or four or, you know, however many, I'm sure even four, because you even have to consider like his mom and her feelings, like the dynamic is new for everybody and everybody is probably feeling their own levels of that isolation and alienation and loneliness and just to like kind of have some respect for that entire process and how it comes together that I think would be my Mm. advice. Mm, I think that is brilliant and and thank you so much for sharing this I know some of this you know might not be easy to talk about but it is such a tricky dynamic to navigate that I just think the more conversations that we can have about where you thrived and where you felt insecure, you know, just the real getting down to the nitty gritty of it, because that could help so much heartache, isn't it? It could help just so much pain. And we're all obviously wanting to do our best. It's just so hard to, um, to get an understanding if no one talks about it. Absolutely. No. And thank you. Thank you for like making the space. And I think back to, you know, an earlier question about like step monster and like the, you know, evil stepmother kind of stigmas and stereotypes, the more I think we invite conversations to be held as like equals and recognize and like, you know, have these like candid, this, this, these candid conversations and this like mutual respect for each other, the more secure it helps me personally to feel like in my journey too, because I never want to overstep or assume or whatever but it it does feel you know but your perspective needs to be heard well thank you totally totally (laughs) thank Thank you Carson and where can we find out more about everything that you've got going on um I have a podcast called the Carson Daily Show where I talk about everything from crypto culture and brand building to you know, building empires and businesses online to parenting and relationships and sex and everything else. And I also am (laughs) on Instagram at Carson Daily and at the Carson Daily Show. Amazing. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thank you so much for sharing and thank thank you you for just being so open. Thank you. Thank you so much. Dope Black Moms. If you'd like to join the Dope Black Moms private Facebook group, please search Dope Black Moms on Facebook. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Please follow on all socials at Dope Black Moms. Thanks so much for listening.